Welcome to Crowdfunding Uncut. This is the place where incredible project creators show you how they launch their products online using the world's largest crowdfunding engines, such as Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Crowdfunding Uncut. I am your host, Kirsten Ross, and I am so excited to bring on a guest today who is a fellow podcaster, but not just any podcaster. He's the founder and host of Entrepreneur on Fire, which I don't know how he does this, but he interviews a top entrepreneur every single day of the week for seven days. You must have an army of VAs or something behind you. (laughs) And not only that, but this is a crowdfunding podcast. So I'm actually really excited to talk to him, not about how he built up a massive following of Fire Nation, but how he built up the Freedom Journal, which is a number six top publishing campaign in the history of all Kickstarter projects, he raised $453,000 in 33 days. And I just dying to know how he did that. So, John, thanks so much for being on the show. Well, Kirsten, if I had as amazing hair as you had, it probably would have been closer to $500,000. Let's be honest. I know. Well, it's fine. I've been on a few campaigns myself, but this is not about me. This is about (laughs) you. So, a mutual friend tells me that on top of you having this great track record of being a veteran and being an officer in the military, having a top-ranked podcast and all these other amazing things that you've done, you're a ferocious beer pong player. If ferocious means I barely ever miss? Yes. Then yes, I'm ferocious. Remind me never to play with you. Yeah, you don't want to play with me. You will, uh, you'll wake up with even more crazy hair in the morning. Oh my God. And so... This hair is actually a segue into a story of why, what the Freedom Journal is. It's a journal that allows you to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. And something clicked for me today when I was like, okay, how am I going to draw this into like some story or whatever? And I realized I'm uh, in three and a half weeks going to be running a half Ironman, which is ridiculous. I've, you know, the, I've never done anything like this. And... I've run a marathon before where I literally trained up to 12 miles out of the 26.2 distance. Like I just, I don't train. I don't prep for stuff. I just kind of go with the flow and hope I don't kill myself. Mm. But the Ironman, anything with Ironman on the title scares the shit out of me. So what I did is I actually created a full plan for four months of training, six days a week. And I broke it down step by step to how many bike rides I needed to go on, how many runs a week, how many swims and allowed me to build up the distance. And like, I've somehow stuck to that goal and made, made me realize that anything big that I've accomplished in business or physical, uh, I've done it because I've had a really solid plan behind me. And whenever I don't get momentum in certain parts of my business, it's because I'm not starting at the goal and working backwards, which is what I really love about the Freedom Journal is it gives you a step-by-step system for how to do that. So I'd love to know, first question, what inspired you to create a journal unlike any other uh, things that were out there for Entrepreneur Tools? So EO Fire now has over 1,300 episodes, which means that I've interviewed over 1,300 successful and inspiring entrepreneurs. The result of that is that my audience, Fire Nation, would come to me all the time and say, John, like, what is the secret to success? Like, What do these entrepreneurs possess that I don't possess? And you know, the reality is, and I would always share this with them, um, they work really hard, and you, you might not. But 
I, I wanted to give more than that. And so I, I really did a deep dive in 2014 and said, like, what is that missing ingredient that a lot of unsuccessful entrepreneurs don't have that successful entrepreneurs have? And I realized that successful entrepreneurs know how to set and accomplish goals, period. They know how to set and accomplish goals. And unsuccessful entrepreneurs don't really know how to do that. So I made it a mission in 2015. I spent the entire year planning this out, speaking to your, your part of planning. And I decided that it was going to be a physical journal that I was going to guide people, not just in setting their goals, but in accomplishing their goals in a set time frame, 100 days. So I spent all of 2015 researching, writing, editing, designing, getting all the steps in place to create a physical journal which is quite the process, um, you know, when it comes to the manufacturing, the equipment, sourcing the materials. And then in January of 2016, a, a year after I started that journey, um, I decided to launch it via Kickstarter. I said, what better way to use a great crowdfunding platform to get the word out? And there's actually a couple other reasons why I use Kickstarter that we can get to later and, and really see, um, you know, exactly what the world thinks of this idea. And so we launched on January 4th of 2016, did a 33-day Kickstarter campaign. And by the time we ended, we had become the sixth most funded publishing campaign of all time at 453K. Fantastic. Who was the number one? Because I know that was your goal to try to get to number one. Yeah. I think number one, um, for my real goal was to become the number one um, book that was published. And that was Eric Reese. And I think he was either, I think he was at 580,000. So I was like 130,000 under him, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. But I wanted, I wanted to be next time. Next time. You could do it. Although it's interesting, and maybe we'll speak on this later, is like I noticed like his next crowdfunding campaign did much worse. And some other ones that I looked at actually did less in total revenue than they did the first time. So I was kind of interested to see what that cycle is because um, I'm actually currently working on another project um, right now that's of a very similar vein of the Freedom Journal, but in a very different area. Um, and I'm wondering if, if crowdfunding would be the way to go. I could tell you it probably is. Um, one transition that I see crowdfunding going to is you get two kinds of people. You have the people who are, uh, they represent brands like yours that have a current audience base and you use crowdfunding as a platform, but then you have the startup founders with no audience that go on. I'm really curious in your campaign video, you mentioned how successful you are financially with your business and you don't really need crowd. Like you could have self-funded all of this and used Kickstarter, used just a regular affiliate launch offline and doing it the internet marketing way. So I'm really curious, why did you choose Kickstarter? Yeah, and it's interesting. I actually did self-fund the whole thing as well prior to the Kickstarter campaign. So I definitely want to build this in a different way. Um, Purposely, I'm usually zigging when other people are zagging. That's kind of been the story of my entrepreneurial career. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I got 20,000 Freedom Journals printed. Um, got them all set up in the, in the, in the, the warehouse here in California where, you know, they're, they're being shipped from, you know, every day as we speak. And I had that all set before the campaign even started. And then I turned on the campaign and the campaign went throughout its 33 days. And then when it ended, I was fulfilling orders from Kickstarter within a week and a half of the Kickstarter campaign ending. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I love about Kickstarter is a lot of people don't expect it right away. You know, some people, invest and they get their things eight, 10, 
a year later, you know, depending on how, how long or how much it takes to actually create that product or service or how complicated it is. Um, so I was really like wowing a lot of my backers because of that. They were getting it literally um, a week and a half after the campaign closed, which was a really cool experience and feeling. But there's a couple reasons why I use Kickstarter. Um, I say the biggest one is this. I have really built my business around transparency and authenticity. And we have been publishing our income reports for now over 33 months. So if you go to eofire.com slash income, you'll see for the last you know two and a half years, we've been publishing very detailed monthly income reports of our revenue generated expenses, our wins, our losses. You know, we make more mistakes than we, than we have successes. And so we detail all of that out in our monthly income reports. I have a, my CPA comes on, he verifies everything. Um, but the reality is, is you know, that, that only goes so far. So I said, how can I really just have this be a third party? That's not like my website that I control the back end that is this and that. And, and the numbers can be manipulated because that is the unfortunate thing. You know, there are people out there that manipulate numbers. There are people out there that don't trust what they read or see online because, you know, they have reasons not to or they're, you know, for any number of things. And I knew that by using Kickstarter and having them be a established third party that whenever you went to, to you know, kickstarter.com and you went to the Freedom Journal page, you knew that the number of backers that I had was real. You knew that those numbers that you were seeing was real. There was no doubt there because, you know, it was a third party. So that was a huge thing that I wanted because I also wanted to bring in a charity component and that was Pencils of Promise. And I wanted Pencils of Promise to be 100% comfortable that if they came and joined me on this campaign, that they were going to have the exact real 100% true numbers reported, not, not by me, not through me, but through a third party like a Kickstarter. So that was a really big benefit for Pencils of Promise to say, oh, like you're going to use Kickstarter. That's actually great because, you know, now we know that, you know, when you, you say you, you're, you're going to hit funding goals, that when you hit those funding goals, we know that it's legit. Right. Now, I don't know if you can tell me offhand, but Indiegogo and Kickstarter allow you to track where your traffic and your sales have come from. Uh, and a lot of that's probably from Kickstarter overflow once you've hit trending and all that. How much of your sales and success would you say is because of the affiliates that you used? Because of the affiliate site that I used? Or it's affiliates that, because I'm assuming you use some affiliates for this launch. So I actually didn't use any affiliates for this launch initially. So I'll, I'll yeah, I'll go into the, the, the whole rigmarole that we have. We actually have a killer post um, at eofire.com slash Kickstarter that details everything out. But part of doing a daily podcast um, for, at that point, it was three years of doing that and interviewing so many successful, inspiring entrepreneurs. I had just built up so much credibility, so much um, like love and just support. People were always coming to me and saying like, John, like you have me on your show, you know, your, your, your podcast gets over a million listens per month. Like it's great exposure for my business. Like, how can I help you? And like, I was just always like, no, like this is the show. Like, this is what I do. Like, I'm just glad it's helping you out. Like, that's awesome. Um, but the reality was, you know, I said, you know, I'll let you know if, and when something comes up and three years later, you know, something came up. So I reached out to this great, this great, um, you know, backlog of at the time it was like 1200 guests. And I said, Hey, a lot of you guys have, have, you know, asked, you know, how you can support me if I come up with something that I believe in, this is it. I'd love your support. And I just got this outpouring of support, you know, whether it was being on their podcast, featured on their blogs, they're writing email newsletters, doing social media. So that was just all one big 
um, huge help. And they were just doing it non-affiliated just to support me, just like I am consistently supporting them through my podcast and social media, et cetera. Once I did launch, um, and I think we were like two weeks in at that point, um, I was actually approached by a company called Kickbooster. And they said, hey, John, we have this program that just syncs completely with Kickstarter, and you can offer your current backers, um, I believe it's a 10% commission um, if they promote and make sales on, on, for your Kickstarter campaign. So then I went around and I did an update and I emailed my backers and said, hey, guys, there's this new program called Kickbooster. Um, if you guys want to become actual uh, affiliates of it, you'll make 10% of every single sale. You know, and, and I had um, things up to $10,000. So, I mean, that had a pretty decent opportunity for people to make decent money if they were to refer any of those levels so that happened, and I will say Kickbooster actually did tell me that um, we became the most um, <laughs> affiliated um, they've ever had. So we had the most affiliates. We had like something like 750 affiliates that got their Kickbooster unique URL to promote the Freedom Journal, and we ended up generating somewhere you know around $10,000 in sales just through affiliates. So an overall small percentage, um, but you know it definitely did add to the campaign. Because affiliates are interesting and you're using your current audience to help create more of an effect and getting in front of more people. So when you have an affiliate program on for crowdfunding, what is the number one thing you did to that you think was most effective to help them actually take action on this? So one thing that we did that was really um, important was that I created a swipe page. So it was eofire.com slash swipe. And that page is actually still up right now. And it just says, hey, if you're looking to support the Freedom Journal in any way, like this is the page for you. And it just went down and it had all the images in high res and had, you know, pre, pre, pre-made social media copy or bullet points to make it really simple for people. Click to tweets, you know, email copy. It just had the whole nine yards like right there. So people could just easily and quickly share the Freedom Journal. Um, so that page was really big and, um, and allowing affiliates to just get a, you know, have like that kind of one headquarters where they could just get everything that they needed. That's really good too. You can use the same thing for a press kit if you wanted just to cut down on admin. Totally. As well. So where would you say the outside of Kickstarter um, pl- bet, pledges, I guess, where would you say the biggest source of traffic came after that? It was definitely from my internal audience, Fire Nation. I mean, what I did was I actually went and did a special 33-day feature on my podcast where I went back and interviewed my top guests. And I just talked about how they've set and accomplished goals in their life. And it always just kind of came back to the current Freedom Journal campaign. And something that I did that was really cool that you can do as a podcaster that a lot of people don't really realize or think of is that every single day I went in and I inserted about a 30 second like call to action where I would say, Hey guys, it's John. It's, it's January 7th right now. You know, we just crossed $30,000 for the freedom journal Kickstarter campaign. We just built our first school with pencils of promise. Like I just wrote a check, you know, for 25 K to pencils of promise, like on behalf of you, like, thank you for the support. Like if you have supported awesome, if you haven't yet, you can just head over to the freedomjournal.com, which was a link that just forwarded directly to the Kickstarter page. And I said, you know, we love your support. I did that update, that live update every single day, updating them live of the numbers. But the real ninja move was after the campaign ended in mid-February and early February, 
I went back and I pulled out those those intros because they were no longer relevant. And I just republished the episode without those. So the people that are listening to those episodes back in January today aren't like, this isn't relevant to me. Like, what is this? This doesn't make sense. Like, so I had those live um, with the pre-roll for those 33 days, but then they were gone for yeah. anybody downloading afterwards. I would say based on the crowdfunders I've spoken to, they generally don't have a podcast or aren't looking at creating a podcast because it just takes so long to build an audience. So you did this really great pre-launch buildup with 33 days before and the or 33 days of your campaign. So if you didn't have a podcast, what else would you have done? Well, this is the second best thing that I did was I reached out um, to anybody who had a podcast and I looked at all the business podcasters and this was back in like, and this is where a lot of people make mistakes. Like I actually will get an email, you know, like today where they'll say, Hey John, my Kickstarter campaign is happening right now. Like I'd love to be on your show. And I'm like, listen for EO fire, like I'm booking two months from now we would have the interview then and then it won't even go live for two more months like that's the schedule that i have and most people don't, don't have a schedule quite that far out but most people do have a pretty decent production schedule that have successful podcasts so i went to these people in september that i you know these podcasts in september and october and i said listen i would love um to be featured on your podcasts like let me know like you know let me know how I can add value to you and your world right now. Does that mean like I'm happy to do an email or social media to give some kind of value exchange? Um, and my only request is, you know, I can be very flexible and I would love to be interviewed on your show whenever the time is right for you. Um, but can it go live sometime between January 4th and February 5th, preferably as close to January 4th as possible? So most people are just like, absolutely, John, here's some dates, grab a time that works for the you on my, from my calendar. Um, and most of them actually made, made the launch happen on January 4th or soon thereafter. So I just had this huge influx of all these podcast episodes that I was featured on all went live like around the same time. So like all of a sudden I was like everywhere on not just my podcast, but all these other podcasts as well. So that was right. really, really huge. Why did you line up? I know the answer to this, but why did you line up your podcast interviews to come out the day of your launch or shortly after your launch, as opposed to just whenever they wanted to to release them. It's all about momentum. You know, I wanted to be featured at the top of what's hot in you know, Kickstarter. I wanted to, to be hitting some serious numbers at the beginning so that I would have that social proof, that social credibility. So for all those reasons, I knew that the momentum was there, the rankings was going to be there. Um, you know, what's trending right now on Kickstarter. I knew that there was going to be a chance that Kickstarter was going to feature my, my actual project and an email, et cetera, which never happened, but I knew there would be a chance <laughs> yeah, we guess I got some issues with Kickstarter, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, that never happened. But uh, you know, I knew that I was giving myself the best opportunity for it to happen by doing stuff like that. Um, so, so that was all the reasons why I was like, let's start with a bang. I love it. Uh, so, before I noticed on your website before you launched, you had a everything was dedicated to signing up to our mailing list for the Freedom Journal beforehand. Did you offer a call to action or any sort of perks for being on that pre-launch list or for, I guess my, my question is two pronged. So perks for being on the list. And then did you offer perks for pledging in the first couple of days? Yeah. So being on the list was a huge, um, was a huge benefit. 
So we had over 10,000 people that had signed up for that list. And so that was an email list that I actually emailed every single day for the 33 days because I said, hey, these guys are signing up to be, to, to, to be alerted when, they, when the Freedom Journal launch is going live. So I don't have a problem emailing them every single day, giving them updates, letting them know where we're at. Like not just saying bye, 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 but saying, oh, by the way, guys, if you've already supported, this is where we're at. This is how many schools we built. This is the numbers. This is the blah, blah, blah. And oh, if you haven't supported yet, like here's a quick link to do so. Like I had no problem doing it. So I emailed that list every single day with that kind of stuff. And that was huge. And, and to get on that list, like I did give them some great benefits. Like we gave them um, the only um, sneak peek that we were offering of the first 30 days of the journal via a, a fillable PDF. So that was a huge benefit. People could just start right away and just start their 100 days on a fillable PDF so that when they got their Freedom Journal, they already would be down that road. Or they can maybe make the decision if it was actually something that they wanted um, so they could be very confident in their buying decision. Um, Something else is that we gave a ton of behind the scenes stuff. So we like had, you know, I sent a, my team went out to China and they were filming the actual production of the books. And so there's like, you know, a video walking around the manufacturing plant within China, like all the books just being woo, 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 spit out like that. And um, the, the, the team, the manufacturing team in China, like actually saying me happy birthday on December 16th, which is my they all got together and like saying the happy birthday because this was a huge order for them. I mean, it was, you know, it was a $150,000 check that I wrote to get these pre-ordered. Um, so that was pretty crazy. And so um, that was some behind the scenes stuff that happened for sure. That's awesome. And like, John, you're mega successful. Um, you know, it's testament you've touched the lives of like, thousands of entrepreneurs. Um, I did put out a post on Facebook asking my audience if anyone had a question for you and so i'm just going to ask a couple of those how do you stay humble when you've reached a certain plateau or a certain level in in your business of success yeah i think that um there's a very powerful quote that i always have listened to and i actually grew up with it was a quote that my uncle would say all the time and that is be humble be happy and so because of that quote, like I've always just equated humbleness with happiness and vice versa, happiness with being humble. And I think when you really get that just into your head and you just say, like, be humble, be happy, like, why do you want to be anything but humble? Because you want to be happy. So being happy means being humble. So it's a pretty easy to make that correlation. So that was really important to me that, you know, that I was kind of maintaining that kind of humble side with, with all that I was doing um, because you know, like most humans, one of my greatest desires is to be happy. And so I've always equated those two things together. And that's important. And plus, you know, I'm just, I'm always consuming content from incredibly successful entrepreneurs. And, you know, like, yes, I've achieved a lot of success. And I've, you know, I have a seven figure business, and I'm financially and location independent, like all these things are great. But the reality is, you know, I can look at Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk and say, like, do I really have a reason to be, you know, anything but humble and like in their shadows like what have they done and, and da 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 on the same on the same whole level to kind of tie this up with a bow um i'm a big believer in the quote compare and despair i think that so many people spend so much of their time and their lives and their energy comparing themselves to others i can always com- like compare myself to other people in despair because you know i'm not you know, a billionaire or I'm not, you know, I don't have, you know, fill in the blank of any number of things. Um, but the reality is like, I think that there's one person that you should be comparing yourself to and that's you yesterday. 
And if you win that comparison, then you're doing pretty good in life. And that's all you should care about. I love that. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. This has been amazing. And what's even cooler is Freedom Journal is now available for ordering. Um, where is a link people can go to to take advantage of that? Well, all the magic for the Freedom Journal happens at thefreedomjournal.com. And um, a portion of every sale is still going to Pencils of Promise. So good. All right. This has been great. Thanks so much, John. Thank you. Wasn't that awesome? And he was chiming in from uh, Puerto Rico. He just moved there from San Diego. I definitely need to say that I'm jealous of that. And I'm also uh, want to report on a little milestone in my life. We are wrapping up. This is our last class of the crowdfunding domination cohort that I've been running for the last six weeks. We've had six amazing students. We've taken them through how to set up and launch a kick-ass crowdfunding campaign. And we're actually going to be closing registrations. We have a wait list for our next available course opening in September. So be sure to head over to crowdfundinguncut.com just to find out a little bit more information about that. And this is episode 49 next week. Actually, for the next couple weeks, we have some pretty phenomenal guests. So I am so freaking excited just to bring you guys more content. And uh, anyways, I wanted to let you know that I love you and appreciate you. And we cannot wait to get into the episode 50 and above. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.